Good morning. This is Dr. Matthew Dunn, host of The Future of Email. My guest today, Nicholas Toper of Inbox Booster. And we just had five minutes to chat before this. So this is partially get acquainted and partially learn about your company. Nicholas, welcome. Thank you. Tell everybody about uh, Inbox Booster first, and then I'll ask you a bunch of questions on completely other topics. <laughs> so, so Inbox Booster is a tool to uh, tell you why and uh, why you're in spam and what you need to do to get out of the spam box. So we're going to uh, we're going to do test uh, test placements so inbox placements. We're going to tell you, hey, this is your spam, and then we're going to tell you why. So we're going to analyze your email and we're going to tell you you have a reputation problem, your uh, DNS is misconfigured, or some part of your content has the which your those parts are triggering spam filters. This is also uh, free on uh, like uh, most of those tools is free. Uh, we pay. We have a pay-as-you-want uh, model, uh, and for people who are customers who need a little bit more um, hands-on approach, then uh, we charge. That's basically uh, our, our model. We can get right. it. Uh, you can test it for free, and uh, uh, usually, it's uh, for for I'd say eighty percent of the users, it's enough. Wow! Wow! Interesting. Interesting, place. interesting place, place to jump in. Uh, email uh, email marketers and. And email inbox providers and the people who at the end of that pipe who are looking at their inbox, it's a funny global balancing act, isn't it? Yes, it is, and uh, and that's uh, and that's actually interesting, and that's why we wanted to I wanted to work on that business. Is uh, people kind of have the marketers and uh, email and ESPs like uh, Gmail, they kind of have this tug of war on uh, trying to, to try to out. Up to uh, one and to one up uh, one another to figure out uh, how we can kind of bypass the spam filter or what they, how they can uh, prevent it. But the thing is, uh, unless the thing is, there it doesn't have to be like that. You can just do what they want, and actually yep. you'll be uh, in inbox, uh, and you will have uh, not a lot of problem, and you'll enjoy the good deliverability. But you need to understand what they want, and that's kind of the thing. And what they want, there are a couple of different requirements. Uh, and they're uh, very, uh, they're not very obscure, but they're very, uh, they're, they could be a little bit counterintuitive and you could be like that. And that's what we're explaining. We're telling you, hey, you have a, you have a problem. Here is why. Can I go back to that all the time? Because you really have uh, three different types of deliverability problems. The first one is it has an, it's a DNS problem or misconfiguration. The yeah. second one is it has nothing to do with you, but it's because uh, somebody else did something wrong and uh, that's why. So, for instance, um, we had a customer, uh, they were in promotion on uh, Gmail, and that's okay. because they had re-imported a part of the template from, a, from the basic template of MailChimp, and that part was really flagged as a promotion by Gmail. So, uh, it has nothing to do with them. <laughs> yeah. They, uh, and yeah. the third wow. case, it, it has anything to do, everything to do with them. Uh, and that is kind of the important case. Those cases are handled automatically by Inbox Booster. And the second case is uh, the last case uh, where it has to do with you is you need to change your email practice in a good way or in a better way. And you need to kind of find a balance where you can still get your get your business goals while uh, you can get to the business goal of the spam filter because the spam filter business goal is really to maximize the page view. So they're trying to remove, their goal is to remove unwanted email. Uh, unwanted email uh, into uh, reasons, security problems, which I'm not talking about, like uh, phishing email and stuff, and email that you as a person don't want to receive. So gotcha. if you're, but the thing is, if you don't want to receive an email, uh, there's no way you're going to buy it. 
to buy from me, they're going to click on it because yeah, yeah. they want to receive it. So yeah. you shouldn't send it. So, yeah, yeah, the, 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 the conundrum, right? I don't know you exist. I can't buy from you. If you tell me you exist and I want to buy from you, great. If you tell me you exist and I don't, I don't care or I didn't want to hear that you exist, um, right? Bad, drag you to spam, um, and and the whole cycle starts over again. So it 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 seems like know thyself, know thy market is, is somewhere near the top of the list of of things to do well. Yes. Uh, it depends. Uh, it depends uh, when you're a startup. Uh, yes, but at the same time, knowing that you, for instance, uh, were working with uh, some startups, and what and they don't know who they're selling to. Like yeah. this is really. Yeah. Uh, so what what I tell them all the time is send to ten people or ten to fifty people. You see uh, if you if your email is in spam. Uh, yeah, and you sent it through Inbox Booster to check that uh, everything is fine. This really means they don't like it. So if they don't like it, you're never going to sell to that. Okay. Segment, okay. Okay. So using so in that in that scenario, you're you're helping them really follow pretty solid testing practices, solid you know experimentation, if you will. Yes, and that's and that's kind of the idea where spam filters or this kind of, there is I mean spam filters and marketers are not at odds with each other because uh, if email is in inbox, it means people will buy from from you or they'll be interested. So if you're able to identify that precisely, yeah. uh, then you're good because then yeah. uh, you know, you know, it doesn't cost you anything to send to people who are not interested. That's why they introduced spam filter to kind of add check and balances. Yeah. But that's uh, but one, but it's actually in your interest. It's I mean it's not such a, a big uh, problem because you if you know that a specific segment is not interested, just don't email them. But then you need to have a, a, a very um, need to be careful to what you're sending. You need to have your segment. You need to do a little bit of statistics on top of that. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's totally possible. And the first step is to know why you're in spam, which is what we're telling you. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. In a lot of cases, it has nothing to do with you. So the problem is uh, the ecosystem is a little bit blocked because you cannot have this feedback loop of yeah. uh, ISP telling you, "Hey, you're in spam because uh, your email uh, uh, is wrong." because they're not going to give you enough granularity, which is what we're providing you. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. So you're helping to remove some of that um, awful black box sensation about deliverability issues. Like, who? wait a minute. We're not, no one's seeing this. Why? Uh, well, <laughs> good luck. Find, you know, good luck finding that out. Yeah. That's a complicated problem. Next. Um. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's exactly that's exactly what we're doing, and because and then uh, you'll and you'll know uh, what to work on and where the problems coming from, and that will tell you uh, how to fix it. Wow! So I have a background question that that, that occurred to me as I was uh, reading your LinkedIn profile and some of the interesting things you've done. You you just spent some time in Y Combinator, correct? A few years ago. Good good experience. Yeah, it was uh, very interesting for me because uh, I come from a, a totally different background. Like uh, when I created uh, my first startup, it was literally to pay my rent because uh, so I'm coming from France and in France, uh, when you don't have like a, a good degree and you're uh, not very known and all that, it's hard to find a job because it's uh, kind of permanent employment. Uh, so at my time, people were creating companies because they couldn't get the job, not because they could get the job and they wanted to get rich. So my first uh, startup, which was an email, was really because I, did, I needed to pay my rent. Yeah. And uh, and so uh, it's 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 the best one. <laughs> 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 I had actually no no money, 
uh, and we built uh, an ES, I built an ESP, which was kind of uh, the new, now it's very common, but at that time it was an SMTP relay, like yeah, some good mm -hmm. all those people. And because we were first on the market, we were able to grow uh, pretty big without a lot, without capital at all. Because we wow, wow, yeah, good for uh, you. Like in the in at least partially France, France being a central market for you, right? No, access was the US so the biggest market. Was the US? Was the US. Yes, the biggest market was the US. Uh, and uh, but because um, so we were um, not just a pretty good, but we but I literally had to borrow to someone at one thousand dollar to register the company because I really had no money, so it was really right. that bad. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And, and then the business grew really fast, uh, and we had to stop uh, accepting users for two years because we had to rebuild the because in France it was very hard to raise funding. Uh, or at, no, yeah. actually, it's not great. It's possible to raise funding. It's very hard to raise funding at good terms. Yeah. So. Uh, so we're making like uh, I don't know, like ten or fifteen k per month, and we had someone offering me fifty uh, k for fifteen percent of the company. I don't think so. And he was like, yeah, that's, and that was the best deal I could find. That was like, that actually made sense. So at that time, uh, it was like, so like, oh, okay, I'll just uh, stay small, and uh, that's it. So right. we grew to uh, uh, to a little over a million dollars of revenue, um, and then I sold the and then uh, I sold the business uh, after a uh, for a couple of years. Well, nice, nice. Congrats! That's uh, that's an, uh, you know, for starting with, I got to pay the rent. That's uh, that's a wonderful story. Thank you. Right? Doesn't always happen, does it? Uh, I think it's easier than it looks. Yeah. Uh, yes, because when you have to pay the rent and you don't have, you kind of have to, so uh, the motivation is actually maximum. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, you don't have uh, a lot of money, but that means that every mistakes uh, you're going to do are not going to be uh, very expensive. Uh, also, everything is cheap. Like for, after uh, one or two months, we're making like three k per month of revenue. Yeah. I was like, oh yeah, I'm really big. Uh, I mean, I'm making more than I could get as an employee, which was what I could get as an employee. So, yeah. uh, so I'm like, all oh, this is cool. This is awesome. Uh, but if you're, uh, if you're out of Google and you have like a, a really big uh, paycheck, uh, things uh, look more complicated than you. Yeah. Because yeah. Uh, you have more options. So this is kind of the the pain of having too many options when you're uh, kind of when you have your back under against the wall. It's a little bit. Uh, I'm not sure it's easier, but I know there is not a lot of decision to be made because you know what you have to do. It's very, fo very, very focusing. Yes. I've, uh, I've, I've run companies that are VC funded. I've run companies that are bootstrapped. Uh, I like bootstrap because there's a, there's a, there's a clarity about what you're doing. Right. And it's, it it's very, usually it's very personal, right. Got to make this work. Why, you know, rent, tuition, whatever, right. Got to make this work. Not because I'm going to get it yelled at by the, the guy who loaned me a bunch of money. Cause you can live getting yelled at. You can live with getting yelled at and it's not pleasant, but so what? Um, bootstrap, you got to make it work. Um, so you drop into Y Combinator and here's my Y Combinator question. Um, y Combinator, for better or worse, I, I my mental picture is cutting edge, really interesting startups. You don't usually put email in a sentence with those other two. Were they like, what do you mean you're going to focus on email at Y Combinator? Or were they so like, actually, hey. so, so actually we went in a, with a, a compiler startup, but uh, no, they had companies doing email actually. It's not a, it's Excellent. not really a problem per se. Excellent. Uh, no, like email is a, email is a big deal. It's uh, very much uh, under uh, appreciated, but yes. email is a big deal. I mean, there is a, a lot of 
podcast like yours about that. There are like lots of publications about that. Uh, it's just very old, but so is internet, so is the web. It's uh, it's just uh, <laughs> it, it's it's very under and also it's in kind of this odd place where it's uh, an oligopoly of a couple of providers like um, Gmail, Outlook, uh, yeah, somebody else. Uh, so it's uh, but. It's the only open network. I mean, if you look at, if you've heard everything about Web3, like uh, from last year, uh, uh, email is already that. So yes. it's underappreciated. Yes. It's, it's already a distributed network. It's permissionless and all that. So you already have a lot of those uh, factors. Yes. Uh, so it's just very underappreciated. And it's kind of the only open network so far, as far as, as, far as I can tell, where you can email someone. Like if I want to email uh, the president of the USA, I can. Yeah. I mean, it's going to answer me. But if I have something to tell him, somebody on his staff is going to read it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. This is yeah. kind of, and it's owned by no one in the sense yeah. that uh, if I want to open an email server, I can do it. I don't have to ask permission to or or, or have a credit card. This is the only. Uh, this is kind of the only time you've been in that space, and those layers of communication, of interpersonal communications, has always been critical for uh, the world. Like postal before it was postal service. They all always has been operated by uh, governments because they were important people. Uh, there has been a law about uh, government uh, not being allowed to open letters and uh, all that. So you're talking about actual very uh, kind of uh, very important elements uh, of democracies of the world. And email is the only one who can uh, who have who kind of fit that bill, being owned by no one and uh, with this uh, open network. So I think uh, people don't realize how important it is. And because of that, so you have Slack, you have alternatives, but um, yeah, if no. you want to receive an invoice, for instance, yeah. like an official notification, 20 years ago, you would have received it in your uh, mail, physical mailbox. Now you're going to receive an email about it. Yeah. So uh, so it is important. And, yeah. uh, and it's a lot more important that people uh, realize it because it's known by nobody. There is nobody who has a vested interest in explaining that uh, you need to do, uh, that it can do better. So... Yeah. The fact that it's cutting edge or not is uh, irrelevant in the sense that if it's not cutting edge, it's because nobody has invested in it. It's not because there is nothing to do with it. Right, right, right. Well, I, uh, kudos to you. I agree with everything you just said about the uh, the not obvious importance of that of that particular channel, email, because because of all the facts you just listed off. There's also no commercial gatekeeper, not really. There's no commercial gatekeeper saying, oh, you can use email, but we've decided to raise the price. Yep. That, that's yeah. a big deal. Yes. And that's, I, I really agree. And that is uh, why, uh, and that's why we're trying to kind of fix the situation. And the goal of this company is to kind of uh, make it uh, more known, but also add uh, some stuff. Let me give you another example. Everybody's talking about AI, about how uh, you're going to kind of uh, learn how to, um, manage uh, our AI overlord, our mm -hmm. future AI overlord. But that's li literally and precisely what is a spam filter. And that's our job is to basically understand what this AI is doing. So yeah. uh, human people can do something about it. Yeah. So yeah. this is already what we're doing. So it's <laughs> so when you're saying it's not cutting edge, it's just that it's not a, a tech crunch type of innovation. Yeah. Uh, People don't care, but they buy, first of all, which is in a way uh, the metric that matters. And it's important, which is the second uh, metric that matters. Now, 
we probably need to, as, a, as an ecosystem, as an, an industry, we absolutely need to do a better job of explaining how important it is. Yeah. Well, we need to do a better job how, explaining how important it is. And we also need to do a much better job of reminding people how incredibly huge uh, channel it is. And I've, I've seen various studies about the volume of web page views and the volume of this and the volume of that. Da, 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 da. And they usually leave email off the chart because it's so damn big, almost everything else would disappear. Like we shove 320 billion emails a day around the planet. It's like, don't bother me telling me about your social network growing. It's peanuts by comparison. And it's so easy to forget because it's been around a long time and because everyone's got an inbox and they're used to doing it, et cetera, like we're a little snow blind, right? Like, oh yeah, it's just email. Uh, hang on a second. That is one huge complicated channel you're talking about there. What's true though is in India, they have uh, less uh, email and in China, they don't, oh, they don't use email. Uh, but uh, but in, in, the, in the actual part of the world and yeah. in, in Africa, a lot of people are using email. And they're okay with it, and there is no, uh, and that's normal. So this yeah. is kind of, uh, there is nothing. Uh, the, the problem is the tools are really antiquated. Like for instance, we really, uh, the tools are antiquated, and they're also you need to kind of rebuild it. That's yes. more uh, yes. the thing. But if you do, the people will come, and there is no, uh, th there is no question. And again, I mentioned, um, I, I mentioned uh, this example of a couple of companies growing to uh, several uh, hundreds of millions of revenue by using cold average email. Uh, they're just not going to tell you about it because uh, they don't want people to copy them. But this is really how they do it. So uh, it's uh, it, it's a big deal. I mean, Groupon, uh, now it's a bit old, but that's how they used to grow big. Or um, even uh, if you think about uh, Facebook, they used to grow big with invitation. Yeah. yeah. So uh, this was a big deal for them. At that time, it was a very important problem. So how do you... So it is still... Uh, it's something to grow off and it's important. And on top of being important from a business point of view, it's important for the world because uh, you don't want your kind of communication layer to be owned by a gigantic corporation who yeah. can decide to shut you down at any time. So uh, this is kind of uh, the type of problem we're trying to, where we want to fix. Yeah, or in, by contrast, right? China specifically as a market, email is hardly used at all. And and WeChat, I believe, is the predominant channel, and the owner there is the government. <laughs> they get to say everything that goes on. Yes, but that's uh, the the design of their system. Yeah. Uh, yeah. In yeah. Uh, uh, in uh, in uh, the democracies part of the world, uh, yes. there, there is actually this. Uh, there is another design, which is if you want to talk to someone, you need to be able to do it. Yeah, and yeah. if you're and if you're not able to, then you need to kind of have a, a reason to do it and. This is kind of uh, important because, uh, uh, like for instance, uh, uh, I I've seen uh, the Republican uh, National Cong Congress. I think that's the name. They 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 wanted to sue Google because they were uh, getting getting landing in spam uh, at Google and they had on Gmail and they had no reason. They don't understand what to do. So the thing was dismissed and all that. But this is still the type of problem that uh, that happens. Uh, or uh, in France, I remember during the presidential election, everybody was trying to email uh, everybody else, and the opt-in law in this case uh, don't apply because uh, if you're a French citizen, you need to receive to be able to receive the uh, uh, the, the electoral propaganda from every party. Mm -hmm. uh, so you can choose to not read them, but you need to be able to access them. Yeah. So 
uh, how do you reconcile that with uh, with uh, with the fact that with uh, with spam filters and the fact that it's uh, a democracy? Because my point is, uh, you need to receive those emails. Before you used to receive them in, uh, in in physical mailbox. We still do in France, but you could receive exactly the same by email. Would be exactly yeah, the yeah, same thing. yeah, which is but, yeah, better, faster, yeah. cheaper. So let's let I want to pick on one particular piece of the equation, and I'll preface it by saying, I'm I'm a big user of and fan of many things that Google has done. But the fact that 66 ballpark, 66% of inboxes are now Gmail inboxes makes me a bit nervous because it's a big number. It's it's the you know big company in control kind of number that that email has stayed free of for a long time. And uh and the numbers going up, by the way quite quite nicely quite dramatically and i'm like do i want one company to end up in such a control position over this channel i really don't i really really don't and and i i would guess that a lot of what inbox booster does is essentially say what the hell's going on in the gmail inbox right that's correct yes yeah okay so are you bothered by that is there anything we can yes. do about it yeah that's our next step but first of all it's not uh as dramatic as it sounds, because uh, a lot of those boxes are not active because you actually need one to uh, activate an Android uh, system. And the second reason is uh, we're actually planning to do a, so. So we've actually released an open source uh, MTA. So uh, uh, like a computer to some grid and all that, that's open source, you can install and run in your system. We have uh, customers uh, running on it. And mm -hmm. two, uh, we're so uh, and two, we're actually planning to 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 launch an open source system uh, for where you can host your email in a normal way, like a non crazy way, where you actually have to run a lot of command lines and Unix to make it. Work. So this is basically a so this is kind of our roadmap. Here. Hmm. And we're starting yeah. with Gmail because we yeah. want also to understand the well because it's a market I know. But yeah. this is kind of uh, the next step of what we're, we want to do. We the, the way I look at it is uh, you should own your domain, you should own your email address, and yeah. uh, then you can switch providers uh, if you want to. And yeah. uh, if you don't want uh, anyone to touch your email uh, to have access to it, then it should be possible. It used to be right. possible. Right now, it's not. So uh, uh, and the problem, and, and this is kind of a new situation also because ten years ago, uh, like. Email is like a kind of passwords or just it's all like what you're having on a, on a messenger chat or WhatsApp. Now you actually have a very, very important information. For instance, in my with my personal mailbox, as I like all of my life, my administrative life uh, and nothing that matters are there. Not everything, but if I lose my mailbox, I'm in yeah. big trouble. Yes, yes, yeah. Uh, exactly. So the fact that it's free uh, from Google is good. Yeah. But it's also, uh, but at the same time, the risk uh, because it's free, they can decide to shut me down at any time for yeah. whatever for whatever reason they want. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. and that, and I've heard stories. So I use the, the Pixel, for instance, as a smartphone, and I've heard that uh, they, they they had problems when you were sending back the smartphone uh, at Google, and you, some people uh, wanted to charge back, didn't get what they wanted, and uh, you had no way to talk to them. And yeah. when you issued the charge back, then Google shut you down from their service. So this is kind of scary for this, because in my case, uh, I would be, uh, yeah, my life would be very, very complicated for yes. probably six months to a year. Yeah. Even probably maybe, maybe even more if I've lost uh, yeah. everything. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, so, you're absolutely, yeah, you're absolutely right. It, it, it's uh, it it's 
grown invisibly enough, but rapidly enough in the past, what, decade or so, that that footprint of Gmail specifically, that conscious thought about the the risk, the locus of control, um, and the real the lack of the lack of really slam dunk alternatives, right? A super technical user, you can, I can migrate stuff. We go, oh, yeah, okay, da, 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 do all this stuff. It's now in Proton Mail. It's now somewhere else. Great, we can do that. Man on the street, my wife, my mom, no freaking way. Yeah, right. Um, and their life is sitting in a Gmail inbox that they that. And here's a question: Who owns that? Uh, I think it's you, but they have, I don't think they've read your email. They're saying they don't, but then uh, it's kind of uh, complicated. But it's kind of complicated, right? And is it possible to get that thing you own shut off? Yes. So do you really own it? Uh, yeah, I agree. No, but that's uh, the kind of thing. So we'll talk about, that's why we, as first step, we're uh, explaining why there's spam how the yeah. spam filter works. You can actually, as a marketer, uh, do it because that's easier because marketers uh, have uh, and they write that uh, decision and so that problem. So because of that, they know how much money they can spend. And because we're uh, even though we like combinator, we're not like it's not like we had uh, raised uh, uh, thirty million dollars and we could uh, do that. So we start with that. Then we and then that's the second step is actually to uh, build uh, an efficient. Uh, competing tool where exactly where you own your data and you can do what you want with it. Uh, yeah. But you need to build an email client, which is more expensive. Not trivial. Yeah. I had, uh, I had a guest uh, a couple months ago, uh, Jacob Wenger from shortwave, uh, which is an AI driven email client specifically sits on top of Gmail. Um, and he said a couple things that still stick in my mind. He said, email is a great, uh, candidate for applying AI technologies and techniques because it's probably the most personal collection of data you've got. Like you uh, want one collection of data that's you, your inbox is as close to being it as as, as any single source is. But then he said, any email, building an email client is hard. It's hard because the technologies and protocols are old the things we throw on top of email are just like ungodly. I've got a correspondence going with uh, with some copyright lawyers for some, for uh, an, another business, and they do everything in email threads. Some of these yeah. email threads are months long, and reading them in reverse is like a freaking nightmare. But like that's standard operating procedure for lawyers. <laughs> the things we put email to doing are a bit shocking. So Jacob's point: building an email client. Actually, a surprisingly, surprisingly tough task. That's why there there are not that many of them out there. Really? Uh, no, there are not. Like not a not a couple of the good ones are very few. And yeah. uh, and that's kind of the thing is in email, um, it's underappreciated. But yeah. uh, not uh, from my point of view, it's valued very well by the market when you actually yeah. uh, can demonstrate scale and all that. And uh, yeah. Yeah. it's not. Um, Definitely not a bad business, and uh, and it's uh, I mean it's not going to be on the front page of TechCrunch to be clear, and that's I think uh, more an industry problem on our side. Yes, collectively better job than a uh, yeah. But if you look at the figure, like the money flowing, the the way it's working, and the importance of it, it's it's actually pretty significant. And yes, it's hard because uh, uh, if it were easy, then uh, it would have been done already. You know? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And then the 
the fact that there's no one, no one in charge, which you alluded to really early on, right? No, no government, no big company or whatever. It's a bit of a free for all. And anybody that enters the email market, building an ESP, which you have done, building an email client, which uh, Jacob's team has done. It's like, you've got to figure out how to play in the free for all and deal with what someone else in that world might throw at you. Oh, we do, you know, we do, um, uh, we do this protocol slightly differently at Google and at Yahoo. We do it that way. You got to you got to accommodate it because your your customer doesn't want to have to care about it. Uh, okay, that's going to be hard. Yeah, interesting yes, space. But, yes, but that's also uh, that that's uh, like I remember I I, I talked to uh, someone I talked to uh, to uh, Sunbridge founder and he told me that. Uh, um, so the Twilio founder, he built at that time, he built a, a, a fake ESP and Twilio to uh, to, to figure. And if you look at, it, he, he threw some Google money and Google ads to see who was uh, which business would outperform the other. And it was uh, the the IVR, so the phone system with SMS yeah. and all that, that's outperform email. I was like, yeah, yeah, that's normal because email is something you do when you. I mean, that's obvious. Email is something you do when you have no money. Because, yeah. it's, because you can uh, you don't need to ask permission about it. Yeah. And this is for uh, uh, $10,000 added. So if you have $10,000, yeah, you need to build, uh, to buy uh, some uh, special cards to, to handle uh, specific phone lines and all that, because that's a barrier to entry. So the fact that it has no barrier to entry creates, uh, it's both a harder ecosystem to operate as, as it's free for all that you mentioned, because people copy each other all the time. They're yeah. trying to yeah. outdo out uh, one another. Yep. But that's also basically called free market, and that's uh, demos has been demonstrated to create value for consumers. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, so the fact that people say, "Oh, yeah, we would prefer to be in a nice uh, place where uh, there is only one big company is uh, taking care of us," uh, it's not really uh, how <laughs> economy works. You know, because I mean, we've done that past, and it's not really good. Yeah. So, and yeah. this is what you're seeing also a little bit with the. Uh, Gmail and uh, having evolved a lot, it's super slow as an app. Uh, so there has been competition popping up, like uh, you mentioned shortwave. There's also yep. super human who's very yep. successful. Yep. Um, there are a couple of others uh, up and coming uh, companies, uh, and and that's good. And that's where yep. we want to be. We yep. want people to put money uh, and try to to improve uh, the the ecosystem. Yeah, yeah. And that's actually a good thing. If uh, and that's a good thing. Now, if I want to improve WhatsApp, I don't think I can. Right, and uh, if right. I'm actually improving WhatsApp significantly, then yeah. uh, I'm sure of losing my money because uh, Meta will uh, copy me and outdo me, and there's nothing I can do about it. Yeah, yeah. Or Twitter, yeah. like that's a, that's already that's exactly what they did. Just shut down or they put the API in a very expensive way. Uh, so this is not a common. This is uh, owned by someone very specific. Yes. They want to make money because that's what businesses do, and there is nothing wrong with that. So yeah, uh, but then uh, you cannot rely on that. Email, there is this kind of beauty in it because it's owned, but it's permissionless. It's owned by no one. Yeah. So, uh, so Spamfield, for instance, in the, in our business, Gmail, Outlook are doing their job, which is preventing unwanted email from being delivered. Uh, other people are trying to do their job, which is kind of try to circumvent the spam filters with warm up technologies and all that. And we're mm -hmm. doing what we feel is uh, the right thing, which is uh, explaining uh, why they why the spam filter took that made that decision and what you can do uh, to to kind of to kind of uh, fix it. And uh, which means that you have one side of the problem of the ecosystem that took their own their uh, defenders their interest or their users' interest. Um, 
there is a way to kind of circumvent the spam filter, which has been uh, plugged a couple of months ago, which is the warm-up. And there is our way, which is really to try to rebalance everything. This And for most users, it's really good enough. For some users, uh, it's not going to be good enough until they'll try to look for something. So you have this uh, system where you have this ecosystem where you can pick uh, whomever you want. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, and you can still uh, build good businesses like that. So it's kind of that thing. And again, you don't need to ask permission because uh, we didn't ask uh, Google yeah. or Outlook yeah. for their permission. Yeah. Now we make sure that what we're doing is not going against our own interest because, uh, for instance, we're trying to circumvent the spam filters. Uh, it's not the sort of battle you can win. It's also something you want to do. Sure. This, this is not something uh, I like and comfortable doing, but some other people are, and they're doing a good job of it. And uh, and there's nothing wrong. I mean, uh, my point is, it's um, it's uh, uh, you can do it, and you can just uh, look at what they're doing. And because you're not act acting against them, they're not going to shut you down because they just don't care. Because it's not the part of the business. Right. Uh, if I kind of try to get on the territory of uh, WhatsApp or uh, Instagram or whatever. Yeah. At some point, uh, they'll they'll try to do it. Like I remember, I know a business they're doing a video type of Instagram. So they're kind of doing an editor for that. Uh, TikTok uh, is doing something similar because it's their it's their complement. So they want, but they made it free because uh, they don't really care because they're like, oh yeah, if we actually give away this uh, video edition tool and we put like a hundred people on it, then we'll grow our business by ten percent. And because our businesses were billion, uh, that's uh, still uh, that's a huge amount of money. So it's worth doing. Yeah, yeah it's a big number. Yeah, you've got to you've got to be careful where you put your where you put your development investment. And it's not just a software issue; that's a control issue. Like we we um, we went down the rabbit hole once of uh, integrating with a bunch of uh, Facebook's APIs and just keeping up with them trying to stay ahead of of the law and society was costing us a fortune. Like, oh man, we have to tee this up again and apply for permission for that call. And like, we eventually we scrapped it because trying to dance to their tune just wasn't worth it after a while. And I'm guessing that's how a lot of Twitter add-ons feel right now. Like, you know, throwing up their hands and going, cripe, you know, we've got years in this, but we we really don't have any control, do we? Um, and email, you don't have that problem. Uh, on top of not having controls, there is a... Sorry, Nicholas. Uh, Zoom just went stutter. Could you repeat yeah, the last uh, sentence? There, there is also kind of a game theory problem. Like yeah. if you're Twitter and you have an app that's more successful than you, you yeah. can, there is a, an inherent tension here. And yeah. if you don't have um, enough... Uh, Control element, control points on the ecosystem. Uh, you are not going to be able to negotiate successfully because the uh, the the position you will not be negotiating from position of force. Yes. So it's going to be hard. Yeah. And uh, that's just to be what Microsoft uh, during Windows did. Is uh, they were like, oh yeah, that's good what you're doing. We'll just do the same. So yes. Uh, yes. with email, you don't have that problem because uh, again, they don't own the protocol. Yeah. So, and uh, they're very hard to evolve. And uh, an example uh, that happened. Uh, so I told you we launched an MTA. Uh, the reason we did that is because, uh, and before I built an ESP. So almost 20 years ago, I built an ESP. The reason is because at that time, uh, reputation was stuck on IP. And most customers didn't know how to create a good IP reputation. 
yeah. now with DKIM and with AI, our reputation has moved to the domain, which means that the IP doesn't matter, which means that uh, what we did, we had the customers, they were on SunGrid. We moved them to their own cluster that they set up, their Kubernetes cluster or system. And uh, the day after, uh, they had migrated uh, everything or almost because they were able to migrate the reputation of the domain. Because the domain, there is no, it's just the same domain, so they don't care for uh, ISP to the same domain from their yeah. point of view, so they don't care uh, where it was sent. So it worked out of the box. There was no problem. Wow, nice. So why would you pay? Uh, so yeah. so you're talking about people paying uh, 50 to 100K to SunGrid, and they move to a cost of uh, like a couple of machines. So it went basically down to zero. Yeah. Uh, so so that's because of that protocol. Uh, and now also it's starting to be this, they're going to look directly at the individual email uh, instead of looking at, so at the template level on top of the domain reputation. So that kind of deprioritize completely uh, the IP. Yeah. For most uh, on Gmail and uh, a little bit Outlook, it's still important, but less. So why would you want to, uh, to, to uh, so why would you pay for those providers in that case? Yeah. And, uh, and that's what we're saying. And so that's kind of, uh, and, and that has evolved, but that has been evolving for like 10 years. So it's very slow. That's why people, uh, so, but now it's really working and nobody yeah. really had figured, I mean, people had figured it out, but they don't uh, understand because they don't care enough. Yeah. But if you can show, hey, look, you don't need to use a uh, SunGrid or SparkBars or whichever, you can just yeah. use uh, your own server and yeah. you'll get 90% uh, of the value for 1% of the cost. Then. <laughs> Wow, I'm gonna to have to look at this. That's quite interesting. Is that gonna? Are you gonna fit that in under the Inbox Booster brand, or is that a separate? Venture? No, it's Inbox Booster. It's an Inbox Booster brand. Uh, it's just that uh, so basically we give away the MTA, yeah. and we sell the and we uh, if you want deliverability services uh, on yeah. top of it, like making something that SunGrid doesn't do unless you pay them a lot more money, which is really uh, telling you which emails are in scam and promotion and why and how you can, and uh, and what's kind of the root cause. Yeah, because, uh, because so so this is just what we're doing, and because it's in, within our NTA, it's automatically integrated. So you sure. know, I just have so it's much easier for us, and uh, we built it simply because we were uh, uh, tired of integrating with all those kind of uh, sunrays for <laughs> Montreal and all of them. So we're like, yeah. you know what, let's yeah. just do it. It will be easier. Um, wow, wow, no, that's a bold leap. You, you mean you you built one before, so maybe that's a bit of a shortcut, but that's still yeah. a lot of work. <laughs> uh, well, actually, not that much. That's kind of the thing. Is it's uh, not that much work because uh, uh, it's really something my co-founder did uh, over the course of a couple of months. Uh, so it's really not that much. It's really not hard. Not that hard. So you're right. I had the architecture. Yeah. Uh, but that's kind of. Uh, uh, but that's kind of the thing. Is you that? But uh, so I had the architecture, but it wasn't very much work because of a lot of problems disappeared in this case, and. Uh, like a lot of old problems are not there anymore. And uh, you can, it's basically assembling a couple of libraries together and uh, kind of uh, knowing uh, what are uh, the right uh, thresholds. So it's not as hard as it looks. Hmm. The, um, uh, and, and that's uh, interesting also, you know, because basically if you think from an economical uh, theory point of view, what SunGrid, Mandrill, and so on are doing is they're really doing run seeking. Like they have built a system uh, 10 years ago they're profiting from it and they're not really investing a lot of money into it because there hasn't been the, and you can just look at the new features here, yeah. which are basically, uh, they're just uh, adding a uh, consulting and uh, you can pay a lot of money uh, to them to do their job. Uh, so uh, because it's permissionless, then we can do it. Then we don't, and, and, uh, and that kind of remove the run seeking approach in the case of WhatsApp, 
they probably introduce new feature, but nothing you can notice. So now if I want an open source WhatsApp, I can have Signal, which yeah. has been created by the founding team of WhatsApp. So they all so they're aware of that problem. But this is kind of the same. Uh, you still if you have uh, this idea that you want uh, a permissionless system to kind of uh, communicate with uh, other people, mm. whether yeah. as a business or as a person. Yeah, uh, trust, trusting companies is kind of uh, yeah. It's also like right now, for instance, a lot of people are doing sales through LinkedIn uh, or uh, Google Ads. It's good, mm -hmm. but they can decide to increase price by 10. They can decide that you compete with them. Yes. Uh, yes. You always have that problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a little interesting to me, and it's maybe a sign of the maturation of uh, the role of, of internet and digital in the world, is that frequently a technical discussion sounds like a civics discussion, Right. We're we're not just talking about the technical issues here. We're talking about the societal issues. Well, the thing is, stack uh, has. Well, the way I explain it is, uh, before you used to have paper, to have paper. Now we move papers in bits, so you have uh, electronic uh, communication. Yeah. And paper uh, are actually important for civic issues, for democracies, and uh, how people coordinate. And yeah. now they have moved uh, to this uh, new systems, yeah. and nobody really knows. Uh, how to do that. And if you think when we introduced um, the printing press, it's kind yeah. of created a, a wave of revolution and a lot yeah. of unrest in Europe. Yeah. The key element here is we moved everything from paper to something else. Yeah. Email yeah. is one of the pillar. One of them, yeah. yeah. But we don't understand really what that means yet. But if you look at what we did with uh, postal services, this used to be private, then they became yes. uh, owned by the government because they decided that it was important that everybody had access to that and uh, a lot of... Uh, and then a lot of governments have privatized them you know, in the last 20 years, which is interesting. Yeah. Yes, that's uh, because also uh, there is good service now uh, everywhere and now it has migrated to email. A lot of those yeah. communications. Yeah. A, lot of, but, a lot of it, yeah. Yeah. I, still, I, Gunther. No, it's just the the U.S. is like I, I lived in Australia. Their post is private. I think the U.K.'s post has gone private. Canada post is was privatized. The U.S. is like half pregnant. The U.S. Postal Service is, you know, it's a quasi monopoly. Uh, it's is it a government agency or not? Eh, we're not sure. Does it work well? Not anymore. So. <laughs> It's, yes, but they were able to, but FedEx was able to, or an UPS and a lot yes. of other companies were able yes. to uh, to in get in business and nobody yeah. told them you don't have the right to do it. And they were able to build a profitable business with Sparcel. France is uh, public and they're getting yeah. privatized. Yeah. But in France, what happens is uh, the post, nobody's sending mail. In, like the, I think the, the number of actual physical mail has been decreased by five or 10. Oof. So uh, no surprise, uh, right? No surprise. Yeah. But yeah. it's been uh, absorbed by email. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but this email, but but my, my, my point is more historically, when they decided to build, a, when they built postal services, this was a, a key uh, infrastructure element of a country. Right. Like it was important. Yeah. This is yeah. why it's been, uh, uh, there was a USPS in the US, which was uh, uh, important. Uh, yeah. In Australia, at some point, it was public. In the UK, it was public also. And then it became less important. But there has been a lot of debate going on, like, what uh, does the government has the right to open your private correspondences like your mail, your mails? Do uh, do they have to uh, 
Can you, what, what happens if you send uh, illegal content? Which is, I mean, there has been a lot of discussions around this concept. It's been uh, very, very important during uh, the 18th century. Uh, and, and there has been a lot of debates going on both in uh, France, but in the US. And uh, um, and uh, and so it's, it's been uh, important. And we have the same debate and this type of conversation happens still through email and they're never going to happen on WhatsApp or in single. So <laughs> yes, yes. And those debates haven't been had didn't happen. Like uh, Google, when they get your email, they have the right to open it uh, and they have the right to read it and they have automated tools doing it. Is this okay or not? I don't know. But what I know is we didn't have we don't have as a society a conversation about that. And that yes. is uh, uh, and that is basically uh, the what we're raising, and that's why it goes to civic issues because those issues are not solved and uh, they haven't been uh, they're not thought, they haven't been talked about, and they haven't been debated. Yeah. And yeah. the fact that I'm selling a deliverability tool and we're talking about it is kind of the symptom of the problem because yes. we should not have to. Yes. Yes. Well, Nicholas, we got to wrap up. So, because I'm you got a startup to run, and uh, I think I have another Zoom call in a minute here. But where, where someone who goes, wait a minute, I can find out why I'm going to spam. They're all ears. Where do they go? Inboxbooster.com. Inboxbooster.com, exactly. And, well, uh, and they can test it for free, and they've got free inbox placement, and uh, and and they can see why why, and they can analyze their costs. Terrific. Well, thank you so much for the time. What a great conversation. Thank you for having me. It's been uh, super interesting. I'll get in touch when we take the episode live and uh, we'll see what we can do to help get word out. Thanks again. This thank is Nicholas you. from Inbox Booster. Yeah, thank you.